0: Two, three, four. 3 4 in this Complex are providing our theme song It is April 5th, 2020 My name is Zach Weber You know what folks? It's just me this episode Because I am doing something a little bit different Because On this week's episode we will be talking about Jedi Fallen Order And if you're a long time listener of the podcast Then you know I had quite a few I don't want to say complaints But kind of grievances going into Jedi Fallen Order But oddly enough that When it comes now to the game being out now for, geez, almost six months. And I am the first Knight of Vader to actually complete the game. Go figure. And the reason why I'm doing this episode by myself is that I don't want to give away any spoilers to not just my co host but also to you, the listener. So I'm going to do the best I can not to give any spoilers away. So if you've not played the game, this is going to be a safe episode. If I do give something away, which I, I am going to do my best not to, I will definitely preface it and give you time to walk out of the room or turn off your uh whatever you're listening to it on. Um, but no, that's kind of the first thing I want to delve into real quick about Jedi Fallen Order, is that this is not going to be a plot breakdown where I'm going to tell you specifically what happens. I'm definitely going to lay out the game More a little bit more than what the marketing gave, but not to the extent of like a blow-by-blow of the summary of the game. So those of you who I guess whether you don't care about Star Wars video games, the plot of the game revolves around Cal Kestis. If again you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you knew I've been jokingly calling him Cal Cal Rizian, but his real name is in fact Cal Kestis. And he's essentially a Jedi that was, he was a very similar story to Kanan with Cal. Is that he was a Jedi Padawan during the events of Order 66. He went into hiding. The game Jedi Fallen Order takes place about five years after Order 66, so about 14 years before the events of Star Wars A New Hope. And Cal tries to save a friend of his where he works on the scrap planet of Braca. And because of this action to save his friend who's in mortal danger, he reveals himself to be a force user. And essentially, at that point, the Empire comes after him for the events of the game. That's essentially it. Um, but that's kind of anything beyond that is not going to give anything away because this is a game that. There's really no revelatory information. There's nothing in this game that makes you go, oh my God, wow, this changes the way I look at Star Wars going forward. It's not that type of story in the sense of like it's going to fundamentally alter anything. But the thing I find the most fascinating about this game is the fact that it's such a such a fantastic story and that's kind of as i was playing this for the last month or so i was genuinely blown away by i was just the story here i it really is something to behold in the context of star wars i'm not saying this is shakespeare or anything it's it's not that profound but especially kind of the star wars stuff that we're getting now when it comes to story stuff and while i was playing this game I, a couple of times, actually more like a few times, I was asking myself, and I was going, why isn't this a movie? That's how fantastic it is. And I just kept asking myself. That was kind of the question that kind of was the bedrock of my gameplay experience, was why isn't this a movie? And I guess you'd say for a game, I've not mentioned the gameplay at all. And I'm not going to really discuss that in any sort of way or any meaningful way because I – Everybody plays games differently, so what works for you might not work for me, and vice versa. I will just say that I think the gameplay is s- subpar. I don't think it's anything to get excited about. It certainly is the Force Unleashed watered down. It's Force Unleashed light. And it's intentional. They It's not like they just kind of just... It's not derivative in that sense. It's intentional as to why this is toned down. It's not meant to be so over the top. But at the same time, though, I don't think... It's, it's, uh, that's the thing, it, it's, it feels, it's not, when I say, it's, it's underwhelming not because they didn't try or they didn't put effort into it, it's underwhelming because it feels like we've been here before when it comes to a lot of the Force Power stuff. But I do have to say that they do incorporate your abilities and unlocking them the further you advance through the game in a very clever way as to how it ties into the story, so I will give them credit for that. Um, on a gameplay level, I do think there are some things that, I don't want to call are buggy, but just... Aren't really explained or they don't really guide you in a specific way. Like, there was one particular map I was on and a thing I had to do where I had to jump from a um, god, I don't even know how to describe it. Imagine almost like a stalactite, like something that was hanging from the ceiling, jumping from one to the other and catching onto something. And I'm not joking, you, I spent hours trying to do this and I just kept dying over and over and over again. And I couldn't figure out what to do to the point where I actually. Like, I, I would restart my console. I would try different controllers. Um, I, the only thing I didn't try, I didn't reinstall the game, because I know that takes hours to do, and I didn't have the patience for that. And eventually, I had to kind of just break down and find a playthrough and, and look at it that way. And it wasn't a puzzle or anything. It wasn't like I wasn't able to accomplish a puzzle. I knew what I had to do. And eventually, by watching this playthrough, what it was was you had to do it from a very specific uh, height. On this stalactite, depending on how high you climb up, and the game doesn't inform you at all that's how high you're supposed to do it or how low you're supposed to go. And but there was things like that where the game would just do really kind of just buggy things without I don't want to say explaining. It's just the fact that it shouldn't be that complex. Um, I shouldn't spend hours trying to climb something that's so it's it's obvious what it is. Um, And for the record, some of the puzzles they have in the game are pretty neat. One thing I do have to say that I find a little bit uh, frustrating with the game is that it is a game that's very much based around exploring different planets, and depending on certain force powers you may or may not have, you'll get into certain areas where you just don't have those abilities, so you will have to die repeatedly, or basically... I don't want to say quit and then restart the campaign, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that sort of stuff that you have to do where it's just it's frustrating where you can you can access a location, but if you don't have a certain power, you can't do anything with it and you're kind of trapped in the bottom of a hole. It's something that I don't consider ideal in a game. If you're not supposed to go somewhere, make a hard barrier that I'm not ready to go into yet, that's why I see. I don't think you should have to kill yourself to sit there, kind of like figure out where you're going. Uh, another thing I really didn't like with the gameplay, and it's funny, I didn't say I was going to talk about gameplay, but now I, here I am. Uh, another thing, the gameplay is that the respawn is that if you die and you want to respawn, it, it. I'm not sure, maybe it depends on what you're playing on. I have an Xbox One. I don't have an Xbox One X or any of the super duper consoles or PC that I play this on. But like I would die and it would um, take it feel like an hour for me to respawn. I know that's an embellishment, but like I would sit there, and hit respawn. I get up, I don't know, get a drink of water, make a sandwich, wash my hair, paint the chicken coop, and I'd come back and it'd still be telling me you're waiting to respond. And I don't understand why a single player campaign would take like you're talking like sometimes like four or five minutes to respawn. I just don't get that considering that my xbox one can do everything else just fine never had any problems when it comes to multiplayer and things like that but who knows maybe the the disc installed if, uh, incorrectly on my uh console um that's just one thing but uh, no when it comes overall to just the uh the gameplay i think it's it's lacking uh it's it feels like the gameplay is there more for the story than the other way around. I, like I said um, before, the story's phenomenal. I It's one of those things where I really... Okay, this is the part where I kind of have to transition. Because I'm really... I, I'm tiptoeing around the fact that I can't talk about the plot. And the plot is something I really want to talk about. But I want somebody to talk to about it with. I don't just want to kind of just throw that out there for you, the audience. Because it's something I really want to bounce off people. Um, this will go through some of our characters beyond Cal. We have Seer, who... Helps Cal because the whole point of the game is Cal wants to rebuild the Jedi Order. You have, and she's essentially his mentor. I'm not going to say master, more mentor when it comes to uh, re uh, ingratiating himself back into just being a force user. You have Grease, who's the pilot of the Mantis, that basically transports all the characters from A to B to C to D. And you have the second sister, who's essentially your main antagonist of the game. She, I, okay, because I don't want to get too far into her character because that is spoilery. But she is a fun villain. She's the type of villain we I wish we had more of in Star Wars, kind of these deliciously evil villains that really kind of relishes in what she's doing. And it's a shame that we don't like it takes a video game to have that sort of interesting of a villain, not just a villain that's disposable. It's not Dryden Voss from Solo where he's just generic gangster number seven who has glowy veins on his face. Um, it's an actual villain with character and depth. Again, don't get why it took a a video game. And the thing about that, you're probably saying, oh, it's a video game. It has more time to flesh characters out. Uh, The second sister is basically at the beginning. And I guess it's it's not really even a spoiler. uh, Beginning and end of the game. She's not really a major presence throughout it. Like a couple of times I'd be playing the game like, oh, the second sister's going to show up. And she didn't. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, that's like, but she's still, she's a presence, but she's not really there. Like you can feel that her, she's. That she that she's always looming over the the story, but she's not directly involved with specific things so you're doing any given moment. But no, she's a really fun villain, really fun. And I'm trying to think who else like major characters. There's there's a couple other characters in this game that even I wasn't expecting. There's one villain that kind of shows up about three quarters of the way through the game that I don't want even give their name because they're they're not shown at all in any of the marketing and stuff. And it's a really neat twist on what you think about this specific type of character in the game. Um think think Rom Coda from The Force Unleashed. Think that character but done in a very different way. Um or era, not as you expect sort of way. Really really neat thing with, with him. And then you have another character that's tied to this this other character, this character that's like Rom Koda. And again, I don't want to give this away, but if you've been on YouTube or any social media, more, more Instagram, that's the only thing. Instagram really kind of, I don't want to say spoiled this game, but the for some reason, there's a lot of Instagram stuff with this. That's really the only social media platform I ever saw really picking up the, picking up the torch for Jedi Fallen Order. And, I guess the best way to describe it is I've seen – I think it was Star Wars Explains use this thumbnail a dozen times when it comes to Jedi Fallen Order videos. And it essentially looks like Brie Larson holding a lightsaber. And this character, I kind of figured, oh, no, this this is where they're going to plug in their, their – I don't want to say social justice character because, again, it, that's just what it felt like from how – from a distance, on social media, looking at things without knowing the context, and I couldn't be further wrong. There's nothing like that from this character, or even like this character is another really fun character that I wish we would have, like in a movie. Um, but nothing like that. Yeah, you know, I know. Even I think last week in April Fool's Day episode, uh, Zanger and I were talking about just the idea of having uh, progressive. Themes and elements in Star Wars. And this game does none of that. Like, there is no pandering in this game whatsoever. And I think that's something that I'm, and that's okay. This is the part where I want to kind of transition away from the characters and more to just the the game as a, uh, the game as a, I don't want to say even essence, more just it's a, like a, a thing in pop culture. Because when this game came out in November of 25th, 20, November 15th, 2019, it was really, as I called it, it, we went from the Star Wars drought to the glut. And in this glut, we got so much content, so much content that really just was like hitting us in the face. And it's kind of a shame now because we're outside of seven-year-old leftovers of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. There's really nothing to look forward to. And I, I, again, it goes back to even something I think Mackenzie asked a couple of weeks ago It was like, oh, like what would the Star Wars fan be doing now if we had The Mandalorian after The Rise of Skywalker? And I kind of want to ask that same question To myself and the audience, and to you the audience And what would happen If we got Jedi Fallen Order right now? And let's forget about the current Thing that's happening in the world Let's, let's ignore that because I don't want to get into that But let's just say, let's pretend everything's hunky-dory And we're in the same mindset we were in April 2019. And I was wondering like what would it be like because when this game came out it kind of got swallowed by the Mandalorian and uh, eventually a couple weeks later the rise of Skywalker It never really got the attention I feel Because as people know I've said numerous times on here I really don't like listening to other Star Wars podcasts and other things like that Like, I I have my own opinions about Star Wars I don't need to consume somebody else's Outside of John Justice, host of My Nerd World uh, Positively Star Wars Check out his book series Embark Available for print and in audiobook form Vanishing War coming soon to uh, Earbud Nearest You Um. Outside of him, like in even John, I know John's made a big point of saying that he's really more of a movie person. He doesn't really delve into the other stuff. Like he likes them. I know he played Jedi Fallen Order. Um, he watches the Mandalorian stuff, but for the most part, he's a movie guy. And yet, and I guess that's true for the for the majority of people. I don't think John's rare in that in that instance. But when it came to Jedi Fallen Order, like I kinda like I was ready to put my blinders up, the same way like I had to put my blinders up going into the Rise of Skywalker. And outside of Instagram, occasionally not not even spoiling things it's funny i think in the last couple of weeks i've mentioned that like not even i think the last couple of months i mentioned that like instagram was spoiling like the ending of the game for me And i kind of was anticipating that ending and it it does happen when a specific character shows up but it didn't happen the way i was expecting in the way i kind of figured it would and i was like wow like when the game was i eventually beat the game i'm like wow that was neat Like It didn't didn't really, like in the words of Luke from The Last Jedi, this is not going to go the way you think. And that was refreshing. It was refreshing to have a Star Wars story. It didn't go the way you expect it to. And that's the thing, is that nobody really talked about Jedi Fallen Order, that I'm aware of. I'm not saying nobody did. I imagine the gaming community probably focused on it more than movies or TV of Star Wars. But that's the thing, is that when it comes to like social media, I didn't see enough Jedi Fallen Order stuff. And as I was playing the game, I'm like, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about these locations. I want to know more about these characters and what their place in Star Wars is. So once I beat the game, I went to like Wikipedia, your normal sources where you like uh, Star Wars explains the YouTube account, and looking for more information to consume when it came to Jedi Fallen Order. And outside of the game itself, and I think there was a comic, like a prequel comic, that involves Seer. That was kind of it. I think a couple months ago they released an Art of book. But outside of the game, five-issue comic in Art of book, that was kind of it for Jedi Fallen Order. That really, it's almost as if the game... Kind of just blinked out the moment it was released. And I know the game's successful. I keep reading things online telling, like, oh, it sold more copies than they ever anticipated. It sold blah, 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 like well beyond what single player games I usually expected to make, I sell copies of. And I'm like, oh, so people bought the game. The reviews are, for the most part, positive. I have not seen any, from what my research showed, no negative reviews. Like, of course, there's a couple outliers, and that's always going to happen. But as a whole, it seems like everybody who played this game, myself included, enjoyed it, if not loved it. And I'm like, why isn't this game getting the attention it deserves? And, I, and I, I, I've like, thought about that more and more over the last few days. And then it kind of comes back to how I know people don't like it when I Analyze the Walt Disney Company as a whole to try to extrapolate and pull answers to my questions, but it kind of it led me to that again, that train of thought. And I was like, as I was playing the game, and one of the characters I should mention, that I forgot, that's actually probably one of the, I wouldn't say one of the best characters in the game, but maybe one of the best droid characters characters of all time, is BD-1, Cal's droid sidekick. As I was thinking about him. I was like, "Why is there like why haven't I seen any BD-1 merchandise? Why aren't there BD-1 plushes? Why aren't there BD-1 like I don't know like uh oh god you you, you guys know what I'm talking about like security clocks those things you like I, I saw them for Dio when it came to the Rise of Skywalker you put it like on like a it's for kids you put it like on a dresser and it makes a beeping sound when somebody walks in and I'm like where's all the BD-1 merchandise there should be BD-1 bed sheets BD-1 pillowcases BD-1 bath towels and I'm like And So I went looking for it And I typed in like BD1 like Merchandise toys into Google And I got more Etsy listings for Custom merchandise Than I did for actual BD1 merchandise And then that got me thinking I went hmm I wonder how much just Jedi Fallen Order merchandise there is And I looked I went to your normal spots Like Google, Best Buy, GameStop Amazon Like Amazon really doesn't have any Jedi Fallen Order Stuff outside of the game itself and I looked, and when it comes to merchandise from the game, you've got the ga- – well, no, I'm not going to count the game. You've got the Cal Kestis figure, the Second Sister figure, a couple of Funko Pops, the Art of book, and I think, I think GameStop had a Purge Trooper figure, but that, I, I couldn't even find that. That was essentially like eBay stuff. That, that's long sold out. And I'm like, wow, they didn't make any merchandise for this game. Like even less merchandise than they did for the Mandalorian, which is shocking. I know we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a ton of that stuff come Christmas time this year, but I was like, wow, Disney didn't merchandise something so easily consumable like BD One, and like I, and folks, I you know me, I am a cynic, I am jaded to the eleventh degree when it comes to Star Wars now, and yet I'm not gonna mince words. I love BD One. Like I know, a lot of people love the droids of Star Wars, and I'm not taking anything away from people who love R2D2, C3PO, R5, R4, all those characters. But BD1 is the first droid character in any Star Wars medium that I've like, sorry, media that I've ever consumed that felt like a genuine character. And I was, I at one point in the game, and again, I'm not gonna give anything away, but it was at the very end of the game. It's almost pretty much the ending of the game, where something 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 bd1 occurs and as i was playing the game i actually lurched forward in my seat and yelled out bd i was that invested not just in bd1 as a character but in the events of the game at that point that's how far i was immersed in the story and i can't tell you the last time i felt that way about star wars Maybe the last Jedi when, when they killed Snoke. Maybe that was the last time I was that invested in Star Wars. And in, in a sense of like in a specific story, not overall Star Wars. And I'm like, I want to buy BD1 merchandise. I want, I want more of this character. I want more of Cal Kestis. I want more of everything from this game. And all that exists is a couple of figures. Like I already have the Cal Kestis figure in an Art of Book. And there's some game except there's like an Xbox One controller that has like the logo of the game on it, but I'm not counting that. And I'm like, I want more from this game. Nope. And it got me thinking. And I, I and like I said earlier, I'm going to connect this to how I think about Disney, Star Wars, and just Disney as a whole. Going back to like the game and the plot of this game, and I'm not going to get into specifics of it. But as I was playing this game, I'm like, this should have been the movie. And Solo should have been the video game I think Solo would have A Young Han Solo video game Would have worked infinitely better as a video game Than what ended up as a movie And I like the Solo movie Not taking anything away from what they did with that And I'm like Jedi Fallen Order Should have been the movie Because just how like again again, Without getting into specifics Jedi Fallen Order does, tells a Fresh story In a very familiar time Period of Star Wars it cro- It's funny, it, like, it checks off all the Boxes of what you'd want from a Star Wars story Both in just like what you Expect from a story focused around a Force User, all the way to Appropriately connecting it to other Elements in Star Wars, both From the prequels and the original trilogy I guess it's not a spoiler to say that there's no Sequel trilogy content in this, there's nothing Hinting at that, but Like that's the sort of stuff like there's even one moment about three quarters of the way through the game where there's a connection to the prequels and not just the prequels, but a certain animated series. And I'm like, oh, my God, this makes perfect sense. Like this is a great tie in. It's a great bit of fan service that makes sense. It's not jarring and it connects into the events of the story properly. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is how you do fan service. Fan service isn't just simply. Like hitting people over the head. It's not having not Han Solo sit at the bar and most Eisley Like it's actually clever fan service. And I'm like, how is it that the developers of Jedi Fallen Order got the story so right? So perfect. Like there's nothing, like there's nothing I could do with this game on a story level that I could perfect it better. That's how good it is, at least in my opinion. And it got me thinking, because as the game was over and it's going through the credits, I was looking through the credits and I'm like, huh. Like, the, like any sort of video game credits The credits go on forever But I sat through all like 25-30 minutes of them And I'm like and, and It wasn't until the very very end That you get your Lucasfilm people credits Like your Pablo Hidagos, Matt Martin, uh, Kathleen Kennedy the, the Lucasfilm suite And I'm like huh And they were at the very bottom They were not They were not at the beginning of the credits You basically had to wait like 15-20 minutes to see any of their names And I was thinking Going huh Lucasfilm is able to get a story like this That's both fresh yet grounded in what we know Out the door without any Blatant creative compromises e- Example being The Rise of Skywalker And stuff like that Yet they can't do it with the movies And then it made me think also Because I'm currently in the process of reading um, The the Rise of Kylo Ren comic And that's another it's not as good as I fall in the order, but it's another interesting story. It doesn't feel creatively compromised. And I'm thinking, huh, The comic books are left alone. The video games are left alone. The books, for the most part, are left alone. Like I don't sense any creative compromising in the books. And it makes me wonder, huh, It's only the movies that have that weird sort of just meddling flavor to them time and time again. And and I know this has been a major thesis now on the podcast for a few months, if not years, is I'm always trying to deduce who's to blame when it comes to the movie problems at Lucasfilm. And again, for the record, I hate the fact I have to qualify this, but I don't, I'm not saying that when when it comes to meddling or problems, I dislike any of it. Again, I said, objectively speaking, The Mandalorian is good. Rise of Skywalker, I think objectively is a mess, but I love the film. But it came, it brought me to this conclusion almost, I don't want to say epiphany, whatever one step below an epiphany is. It was, I've now, after playing Jedi Fallen Order, in my opinion, firmly concluded that it's Alan Horn, chairman of the Disney Studios, and and Bob Iger. I think it's them. And I know Bob Iger is no longer CEO, but he's still head of the board. So he's he's essentially CEO just without the title. And I think them and all their lackeys Or people that are part of their orbit Are the ones that are, are Creatively ruining Star Wars I think they're the ones that are creatively Bankrupt, they're the ones that are insisting That they make Lion King remakes And Oliver and Twist remakes And those sort of stuff, they're the ones that are Creatively bankrupt, I don't think it's Anybody at Lucasfilm, I think Lucasfilm And specifically Kathleen Kennedy I think Rogue One goes to show that Kathleen Kennedy Knows what she's doing, I think I trust her, there really should be, in KK We trust, I don't doubt her anymore Because her name Is on Fallen Order, again Very very much toward the bottom But she is clearly someone who had to sign off On this, and the fact that she Allowed Jedi Fallen Order to go out the door In the shape, and form That we, I got She knows what she's doing and I'm not saying that she played the game all the way through It's was like, okay, I have no problems with this. She probably sat there, had her own underlings go through and do stuff like that, and they briefed her accordingly. But I, I do not think she's the problem. I think Lucasfilm, if it was left alone to the same capacity that uh, Kevin Feige and the Marvel people, like the MCU people, Marvel Studios were left alone, I think Lucasfilm would be knocking it out of the park Every single time, I gen after playing Jedi Fallen Order, I believe that I think Lucasfilm still has a weird problem where they don't know how to communicate to the fans properly, but I think a part of that is also the fact that Disney. Disney as the corporation Interferes too much with them And even in I thought it was interesting That even in the credits To Jedi Fallen Order Very much toward the bottom Like even below Kathleen Kennedy's name There was a bunch of Departments at Disney That were involved With this game That I don't get Why they were there Like I get it They probably were there For the bare minimum But one of them That I've always Always been fascinated With how involved it is When it comes to um, Star Wars And Lucasfilm Is the Department of the Company Of Consumer Products and consumer products is a division just like the movie studio is. It's – and as I can tell you, consumer products has a lot of sway over things. And I wonder just how much of that or those people have a say in what Lucasfilm is doing creatively. And those sort of people don't have a say when it comes to the Marvel people. And that's kind of like the biggest epiphany from this game for me, is that I think it's finally informed me that if Lucasfilm was left to its own devices, it would be creatively knocking it out of the park every single time. They have the people, they have the talent, they know what they're doing, but I think once the executive suite comes in there... They start meddling with things And I think the fact that All this other media, non-movie and TV Related, was stuff that's considered Not important, I would imagine on Because on think about it, the video, like, when it comes to Jedi Fallen Order Disney's not making Any money off that, in the sense of In the way that they're making money off the movies And The Mandalorian, because they Got the license fee to license out the games to EA and it's EA's game to essentially, I'm sorry, it's EA's job not to run what they purchased a license for into the ground. Yes. You have certain instances like battlefront two, when that was launched like two and a half years ago, where there was rumors that Bob Iger called the CEO of EA and said, knock it off with all the nonsense about loot boxes and stuff. But I do think that when they're not directly involved, the executive suite, they tend to leave things alone. And it's clearly obvious from the video games, books, and comics that they're not meddling though, meddling with those on a creative level. But when it comes to the stuff that they feel is the flagship of the Lucasfilm uh, company or subset of the company, that's the stuff they feel. They just can't leave it alone. And that's kind of both the fantastic part of the nine – The non-movie and television media And kind of the heartbreaking part Is that Lucasfilm is 100% Capable of making content that knocks our socks off Every single time Yet They're being hamstrung by creatives That, I'm sorry, they're being hamstrung By executives that are not creative people And that goes all the way back to the Reddit Rise of Skywalker Leak we got back in January Saying that there was People make There were people making creative decisions that shouldn't have been making them. And I think the fact that Jedi Order is is weird and odd yet familiar at the same time and nobody felt it had to be meddled with, it it made it to us in that form without being compromised, just goes to show that first and foremost that I have faith in Lucasfilm. I want more from them. But at the same time, it's, it makes me very, very, it's almost, again, it's almost devastating in a way that they have this ability yet they can't exercise in any sort of meaningful way because you have people that just live in a two by two sandbox when it comes to creativity. And that's, that's kind of the, the, the heartbreaking element of, of Jedi Fallen Order is that potential potentials there. They just can't do anything with it. And that's kind of my thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order. I am, I, I will say. That I do want to do another episode Where we delve into the story and everything When it comes to Jedi Fallen Order But I want somebody else to talk to you about that I just don't want it to be me speaking into the void For like 40 minutes Because I feel there's a lot to say about this game And I'd love to hear somebody else's perspective on it um, I, I think Zenger's maybe about A third of the way through the game last time I spoke to him Mackenzie wants to play it But she's just in a, in a place right now where she that she doesn't have access to it and um russ i have no idea i think russ has it he said that though but i haven't spoken to him how far he's gotten into it in force ghost gym well i don't know if they have xboxes in the netherworld of the force but maybe we will get to that sooner rather than later because it's something i really want to talk about and there's a lot of meat on this bone especially when it comes to the star wars drought we're in right now because there's really nothing there's nothing to talk about like star wars celebrations most likely will be canceled I know John Justice asked me on My Nerd World, Positively Star Wars, if I was going to Celebration, and he actually had some really kind words from, for Knights of Vader and the podcast for Zenger, McKenzie and I, and thank you for those kind words, John. But I think he asked in the episode, was I going to Celebration? The answer is no, I was not going. Even before the current uh, apocalypse that's of, of fr- in front of us was happening, I was not going Um Just again If they're having the uh, convention Somewhere a little bit more close to home For me then maybe if they ever have Celebration at the Javits Center I will be there No questions asked but when it comes to uh, going all the way to Anaheim, I there's other uh, considering all the money you'd have to be spending for a hotel room and things like that. It's just not my cup of tea, and especially in a year when for Star Wars there's nothing really to generate hype. I know there'll be an if, if it does happen in August, if it's not canceled, there will be things announced. I know that, but I really want something kind of like meaty to grab onto, and I feel this one would not be that for me. A celebration surrounding the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. It's just not nothing I'm excited about Again Star Wars should be about going forward. I understand paying respect to things in the yesteryear, but considering that Disney's never going to stop with this, I get that we have certain like okay, let's let's pat Star Wars on the head for the 40th anniversary much like they did for um, uh, a new hope in celebration 2017. but it shouldn't be the focal point. I think a, a Star Wars celebration centered around something that happened 40 years ago where we have all this new content, in front of us I think it's really a disservice to the fans And it's putting attention in the wrong spot um, But no, that's kind of just my overall uh, Nutshell opinion on Jedi Fallen Order I give it my uh, highest recommendation When it comes to Star Wars It's up there with Thrawn Trees and, and The Last Jedi is one of my all-time favorite Star Wars stories um, There's there's more stuff from this game I didn't even touch upon We get to meet Cal Kestis's Jedi uh, Master and he's a phenomenal character both on Like what he espouses and On what uh, he looks like fantastic Character I look forward to discussing that More in depth when I have somebody else to discuss it with But yeah um, pick up this game now I, I remember joking back Months ago saying like oh I'd only play this game If it went below $30 I eventually Got it at around 45 And I don't regret it at all it is, It's not the longest campaign in the world But it's it certainly got some meat on it For $45 I don't feel I was cheated I feel I got my money's worth I I am 100% satisfied. And um, this episode is going out this Thursday. So if you are stuck at home and you want something to do and you don't have this game for $45 or about so. I still think I, I think any game at $60 is too much. But if for $45, I could not recommend this game anymore. And if you pay a little bit, I don't think you'd be disappointed. It gets my highest recommendation, not just as a uh, uh, contained thing. Like, like directly line of sight path when it comes to Star Wars. But I mean just overall Star Wars. You will not be disappointed. It is. It's fantastic. It's it's everything you could ever want from not just a Star Wars video game. But from a story in the Star Wars universe. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader. A Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in Facebook. And you will find us all there waiting for you. Find us on Instagram at KOV Podcast. Shoot us an email. KOVpodcast at gmail.com if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. If you're interested in a Knights of Vader t-shirt, you can be the most stylish person while you're at home, just taking care of your cats or your kids. You have such shirt designs as Remember Alderaan... Past meets present, Vader and Friends, or even just get a t-shirt with our logo on it. You'll be the most stylish person, not just in your state, but in your residence. For questions, comments, concerns, or sniper remarks, contact me, Zach on Twitter at Cinematis. You can also hear me on the Cinematis podcast as Rob and I delve into some of Ridley Scott's canon, with our very first episode in this series being Blade Runner, the original 1982 Blade Runner. But you'll have to listen to find out what cut or cuts Rob and I watched. Check out Zenger on the Zeng This podcast. Check out Russ on the Unbelievers podcast. Check out Mackenzie um, on previous episodes of Knights P- of Vader. And with that being said, folks, good night, but not goodbye. And as always, trust only in the Force.